Are you interested in learning skills to tackle a specific problem in your school, district, or local union? Consider applying for an OEA Empowerment Academy to receive the support you need to take action. Details at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 8, we're all in this together with Beth Aidlaw. Welcome to OEA Grow Podcast Season 8. We're all in this together. Even though we may be alone in a classroom, educators have resources and connections available to help us in our efforts to ensure our students' success. Today, I'm especially excited to talk to Jesse Street from North Powder Charter School. Our conversation will center around how connections with art can help both us and our students. Um, as we begin our conversation, Jesse, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to the education field? Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, really exciting, and I love your theme, and I think that I'll have quite a bit to share with that. Um, so I teach out in North Powder, Oregon, a rural charter school. We're at the very edge of Eastern Oregon, um, about 300 students maybe total, uh, pre-K through 12. And um, I am the art teacher, the single art teacher out there. Um, My background in K through 12 art education, I've taught at various schools around Eastern Oregon before um, returning to LaGrande for my husband's work. And we, um, I just took a chance on this tiny little part-time job in North Powder. And I, I really wasn't too sure at first because it is a commute and it was so part-time. But as I started working there very quickly, students became excited and the program started to grow. And elementary teachers noticed what was happening over with the middle and high school level where I began. And one teacher approached me about a grant project and she said, hey, can I, can I write this little mini grant to do maybe a mini unit in art for the elementary classes so they can all you know just get a little taste of what that's like so I said yes very enthusiastically and we rotated groups in um one class at a time I think they each maybe got a one week run with a project Mm -hmm. and um the very next year I was offered to do that on a permanent basis um so now I teach elementary art for one hour out of my day and each class rotates through so that they're getting art for one week every six weeks. So even the preschoolers right up through sixth grade, um, although sixth grade also has an option to be in my... So obviously the teachers saw the benefits of incorporating art into the classroom. Can can you talk a little bit about that? Um, uh, why... What are the advantages of bringing in art? Um, does it, it doesn't take the place of the other 
curriculum of the other studies, for sure. No, um, it really doesn't. And there's there's this back and forth in art education of um, using art as um, an instrument of learning in other subjects. So integrating art into the classroom curriculum. And then there's also this push for art for art's sake. And so there's this back and forth. But I think it's it has to be everything. It has to be all of it. It has to be taking every opportunity that you have to get more art into the classrooms because the arts are social, emotional learning. And that's such a huge uh, push right now is how do we incorporate more SEL into the classrooms because of all of the recent traumas and everything leading up the last few years um, you know, students are hurting and um, the arts are a fantastic way to naturally process a lot of that. Um, kids are making connections, they're examining self. And if we can get more opportunities for that in just the traditional classroom setting, taking a little break to maybe maybe draw uh, to uh, convey understanding of a text or uh, drawing out maps, of course, maps are a common thing, but make it fun, make it a board game, you know, design a board game based on your geography lesson. There's so many ways to incorporate it into the traditional classroom setting for elementary. So you say that when you come to the classrooms, you come for a week period. Is there a reason why you don't come for like, I don't know, just one day? So I actually have my own classroom because I'm a full-time now. Um, I grew the program from a couple hours a day to full-time. And so I'm teaching middle and high school the rest of the day. And there was just a one-hour time block that they were willing to, you know, put towards in terms of my split funding um, towards elementary. And so the kids, um, they gave me the option, have them 20 minutes a day more often or have them 40 minutes a day for the entire week. Reason I chose an entire week is so that they can have access to things like ceramic projects. We will start to finish a, a full ceramic project in just our four day school week, which is crazy. It's really, it's really pretty intense coming up with those things that can be rushed like that, but they get to do it and they love it. Oh, and I'm so I can't imagine having a shorter class period uh, by the time you get everything out and set up, it's time to clean up again. And that is probably um, in line with your question. One of the, you know, one of the fears that classroom teachers have is just the time that it takes to set up, to prep your materials, to get it all out there, get the instruction, let them have some time with it, clean it up. Where are you going to put it? All of those things factor into, I think, uh, some hesitance that elementary art teachers can have you know, quite understandably towards incorporating bigger, messier projects into the classroom. <laughs> I think yeah. it might be messier and yeah. bigger too, of course. And I think it's probably uh, a boon to them that, that you've got your own classroom, that it's not taking place in their classroom, that it's yeah. yours. Your classroom must be something to behold though, with all the different projects from all the different classes going oh. on. Yeah, I wish I could show it to you. Um, I've gotten real clever with my storage and uh, to, yeah, to make the space for that many kids. And uh, I do keep all of their work. We have a district-wide art show, um, which 
it's funny to say that because it's really just our one school. Um, but pre-K through 12 art show is in April. And so it is, it is a challenge to find the storage space for all of that stuff. Um, and, but what a cool thing to show it off, to show what all the grades are doing at once. And that's a night when the community can really see what's happening inside the classroom. And, um, yeah, I feel really fortunate to get to teach all those grades. Okay. And, and, uh, so you're teaching K through 12, but, uh, it, it's mainly the elementary school teachers that are using you as resource, a resource. Um, is there something else, um, when teachers don't have someone like you there, um, the, the K through, um, well, the elementary school teachers, I guess I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, so what suggestions do you have for those teachers for incorporating art when they don't have a separate art classroom, maybe? Yeah. Um, so I have a few, a few suggestions. Um, first and simplest would be to just, um, you know, find a blog that has projects that um, – speak to your skill set that you feel comfortable with that um, you think that you could manage inside your classroom, whatever level of mess you're comfortable with. And um, second, rely on some of your parent volunteers, your PTCOs um, to just do a little bit of prep work. I think we're really, um, we're not very good at tapping into all of the resources that we have as teachers. You just think I've got to do it all. Um, some people don't have the time commitment to be a regular volunteer, but they might be a one-time volunteer to prep for one singular project, especially if it's something they're excited about. Um, maybe having parents fill out a little survey about what their special skill sets are, because you never know what you have in your parents and whether or not they'd be willing to come and teach a lesson in your classroom. Um the PTCO at my children's school here in La Grande um, ran an art literacy program for many years, a volunteer program of which I was heavily involved. And that was groups of parents um, meeting once a month to um, learn a quick art history lesson with a project attached to it. And then we would divvy up all the days on the calendar so that each uh, classroom got uh, a little art instruction And that was more art on a cart style, you know, really challenging to get all of your materials lined out for the entire school for the whole month and then have it restocked. Um, And, the, you know, you're wheeling your cart around and going from classroom to classroom. It um, it was great. It was a great program. And the art that a specialist has the time to make is it's going to be more in depth than what the average classroom teacher has to do. I find that the classroom teachers are gaining a lot more comfort by sitting in during my art classes. They're making the art alongside the children. And then I actually don't tend to repeat those projects. So they are theirs to take with them and teach to their future kids coming in. Oh, so you're actually teaching the teachers how they might want to in the future. Um, yeah, yeah I, feel like, I feel like that's yeah. yeah, I feel like that's my way of just, you know, we're getting the most bang for our buck because um, the teachers are getting more comfortable. They're learning what they can do. And a lot of the reluctance just comes from feeling like they are not themselves artistic or creative. 
and they get to, it's so good for the kids to watch them try and, you know, stumble a little bit right alongside them and, um, and then to, you know, get to celebrate in their victories too. And the teachers are like, I never, I never knew I could draw like that. Didn't you tell me once we had, we had a conversation uh, earlier this week about sometimes parents come and do things too. Um, Well, I started um, a couple of years ago when we did um, our open house night at the beginning of the year, I started putting out, um, setting up stations with different, very simple art activities. Uh, And the idea was that the parents would sit at the table and hands-on create with their kids. So they're getting to sit in the same environment that their children are learning art um, throughout the year and make a little project to take home. And it's been, it's been incredibly successful. Uh, my room was packed with visitors this fall. And then I expanded it to uh, a, just a few workshops throughout the year. Um, a little evening, paint your own mug and take, or a little succulent <laughs> planter or something like that, um, that they could come and do for a small fee. And then that money was uh, put in, back into the student body fund. So that was another way of engaging the parents in the arts. And then just our district art show, I'll get out a couple of potter's wheels and I'll have some former students come in um, and throw pots with the kids. And then I'll fire those pots and they get to take them home afterwards. So the more, the more visibility that you can create for the arts in your community the more opportunity that you have to be inclusive and invite all of those groups of people to engage with you, the greater the possibility comes for creating a position like what I've been given. I know that it was the making connections with different people that, um, cause I was, I was nobody essentially out there. I didn't know anyone when I started out there. Um, so I didn't have an in by any means. It really is just all about the, the amount that you can get people in the door to see what's happening. And then it, the experience speaks for itself. It's it, it, That's incredible. And um, when you're talking about the students, you're talking about their being able to watch their parents, their teachers involved in the same activity that they are and with the same excitement and the same, Mm, trepidation. I'm not that artistic. I'm not that creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think your your you, inclusivity is exactly the word for it, isn't it? It's saying um, you you don't have to be that artistic. Everyone can do art. I like how inclusive that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it certainly took some time for me to get there because straight out of art school, I did have, you know, some really pointed ideas about what, you know, what was art and what was just kind of this other thing over there. Um, But I think it's, there's room for all of it because every experience, every creative endeavor that you take on leads to the next step and the next step. You can't, um, there's just, in my mind, there is absolutely no need for this gatekeeper of what, um, you know, real art is. I think that um, creating a bridge for people to be able to engage with the arts is really, that's where I am. That's where my passion lies. And, and ultimately, 
I, I've seen a lot of uh, kids latch on to something um, that that happened through making it very accessible to them. For example, uh, one of my favorite successes this year was I had a couple of seniors, boys, who were always very, very athletic, um, not engaged in the arts whatsoever. Um, they enrolled in art and they were fabulous, just natural talent. They had it. It drove some of the other kids crazy who had been studying with me for seven years. And these kids, they, they won awards. They got all of this recognition for their work. And as they were leaving, when they came to say goodbye, I said, I really, really hope that you take art in college. And they said, I am, I am. I'm so excited. I signed up for sculpture. And the other kid had signed up for a, a wheel throwing class. And um, so getting, I feel like the more opportunity that you create for people to show up as they are, the stronger your program could be. Oh, 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 I agree. I agree. And I, I like the idea that um, they're coming to you and you're not grading them um, in the elementary school level. And um, so they can come and regardless, there, there's this openness. They, they can experiment maybe is, is that might be the mm-hmm. word for it. Mm-hmm. They might uh, try out things and then it does help in a, in a very uh, strong emotional, social way, I would think. Yes. Um, yeah. There's no art grade on their report card until they're in middle school or enrolled every day. And um, even then just keeping the grading really tailored to the specific student in terms of what I know their abilities are. And that's one thing that I feel, you know, again, that I love so much about my job is I, by the time the kids reach middle school, I know exactly where they're at because I've seen them every single year since they were four years old. (laughs) And and let's talk about that. You have a continuity that uh, the regular teachers in the classroom might not have to that degree Mm -hmm. because you might be seeing them every year. You might have them every year. Yeah. For one, I think it, um, our school does such a good job of following each student and meeting each student's needs um, because we are so rural and um, we come from, you know, the, a lower socio- socioeconomic background from m- much of our student population. And um, we really feel a lot of needs for our kids out there. And one of them being just that emotional learning. I'm in constant communication with the school counselor. You know, how is so-and-so doing today? What are you seeing in the classroom? Because it all comes out there. It's a safe space. These kids know this space. They've been in it year after year. And naturally, art lends itself to any time that they're engaging in that creative process. There's a little bit of self-reflection that comes about naturally. There's, a little, there's conscious and unconscious, um, you know, stuff that comes up. And watching the kids over the years, I get to see uh, not just their artistic growth, but their growth, growth as people and as citizens, how they're behaving towards each other. It's, it's really rewarding. What I want to talk about, what I want to ask you about is the, um, the example you gave of, of the students who did not have the experience with art, even though they discovered the talent and then went on. So we've, we've talked about, um, 
the elementary school where you, you will take them separately and not give them grades. But then once they get into middle school and high school, they have the ability to take art as an elective. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what do you think? Um, does this encourage them? Do you see? Because you're seeing from both sides, both from the elementary side and from the middle school and high school. Yeah. I mean, once once I had an elementary program established, that just increased my class enrollment even more. I mean, now I'm, I'm a, my classes are full. There's a wait list each year. And um, lots of kids are just really excited to take art when they get to middle school. It's something that um, the fifth graders are just, um, they're all buzzing all spring because they know that coming up in the fall, they get to take art. And, uh, and I'm going to just get to love seeing them every day. Um, I think the enrollment is up. But also just one of the things that I notice is naturally the level of skill that my students have is so much greater than when I first started out. And that's because they're getting art at such an early age. They're having that practice. And then I can, I, um, I document their artwork um, really well with photos and um, using my art only Instagram account to, to watch their their art over the years. And so I make sure and build off of whatever skills they learned the year before. If, you know, if they're working in ceramics, I make a slightly more challenging project for the next year, but using the same technique so that I'm not reteaching it. And um, yeah, the level, the level of talent is just really astounding for such a small area. And it's, it's that elementary piece. I know that it is, it's just practice. So I tell the kids, it's just like anything else. If you continue practicing and practicing, you're going to get better. Now I'm excited that uh, two area schools in our county have picked up elementary art programs in the last couple of years. And so they have similar, not exact models to what I'm doing. And um, they're both friends of mine. It's a small, small county. So I, I know these people and... So they're getting to see some of what I've been seeing. And now we've got other, um, you know, parents and teachers in the wider region going, hey, how can I get elementary art at my school? How come, you know, these little tiny schools, they've got it. So so how about us? And so to answer that, I would say, for one, we need um, we need those voices toward, you know, telling, talk to your school board, talk to your principal Ask how you can be a part of creating it. Ask PTCO. Get a fundraiser going and start with a tiny little artist in residence or grant program the way that I did. I I didn't know that that was what that was going to turn into. It was really just six weeks of them paying me a minimal amount. And the teachers saw the value in it. So I definitely think teachers asking, asking their administration for more exposure to the arts for their kids and uh, little by little being knowing that it's going to take a lot of baby steps but I I would love to see elementary art teachers as as not this rare you know unicorn that it seems to be right now in Oregon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wouldn't so, that be amazing so, uh, so my question is so has it changed over the years uh, the art, integration into the, um, I, I guess we're talking the elementary 
classroom. You're saying that um, you're seeing more interest in it now. Do you, are we changing? Well, um, if you, I mean, to get really nerdy with you about it, if you oh, look let's, at that, yeah, let's, please, let's, let's, are we teachers or what? Um, uh, if you look through, uh, you know, just the history of, of humans on this planet and you look at every major political upheaval or uh, pandemic or difficult time throughout history, you also see right after it, these spikes, right? These movements um, yes. in art and music and literature all of that stuff is put out right, right after mm-hmm. these really, really hard times throughout history. And so here we are, right, um, in, in the wake of COVID and all of the social stuff going on in our country, people were looking to the, to the arts for some relief, right? Uh, people were bored. People were lonely. And so they sought out opportunities online or in small groups, you know, of, well, I guess I'll learn how to knit now. I guess I'll take up the guitar. And um, and you see it all around. I've been to several concerts where this band just formed in their garage during COVID because they didn't have anything else to do. And now they're recording albums. Just it, it happens like that um, pretty naturally that... Uh, we get curious. So I think in my school, I've seen that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think we've seen a lot of changes uh, after the pandemic. And um, this is one for the good. People are finding what they can do for themselves. And this goes back to what you were speaking about at the very beginning of how art complements, adds to the basic core curriculum, um, the, the reading, the writing, the math. Um because it is self-expression. It, it rounds it out. And um, it's something, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's something we instinctively need and we reach out for when we need it. And I think our students do too. So it seems like what you're suggesting is that the, um, as educators, we encourage our students to seek out in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, I mean, if you if you work for a district where you have professional development uh, funding available to um, to learn, sign up for an art class if that will be something that um, you know. If if you aren't interested personally, but you want to do that with your professional development time, learn about art. I'm uh, doing a couple of workshops this summer for art for elementary teachers within my service education service district. So kind of the wider Eastern Oregon region. And it will be exactly that. It will be art lessons that they can then take back and teach in their classrooms that are tailor-made to their grade level and uh, their budgets. So, And I love the suggestions you gave at the beginning that they could do illustrations for draw illustrations for a book they're reading, or I, I think you said something about drawing maps and things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and reaching out to the community. Yeah. Um, are there other um, smaller um, examples of things that people can do in a classroom? Um, hmm. 
Smaller examples. Um, well, I use a lot of recycled materials in my work with the elementary. So I think some one thing that shies people away too is just the cost of it all. But there are so many things that you could do with um, with not a lot of investment and not a lot of mess. Um, one thing I like to recommend to the um, elementary teachers is, um, well, in almost every elementary storage room, you're going to find boxes and boxes of oil pastels. And there's so much you can do with oil pastels that isn't just your traditional, you know, landscape drawing or something. Um, so oil pastels, there's so many different um, resist techniques that you can do with those. Um, biggie cakes are these uh, hard temper cakes that come in a little plastic clamshell. And I've seen those in a lot of closets too, and nobody uses them because they don't know what they are, but it's just tempera paint that works like watercolor paint. So that's another uh, low mess, low cost uh, material that you can use. Um, you might be able to partner with uh, a local art center or you know, a middle or high school that has access to a kiln and do a little bit of ceramics in your classroom. They might be willing to fire them for you. Um, working with clay is actually quite cheap. Um, and especially if you're over in the Valley and you have access to, uh, you know, some of the potter's centers, just pick up a big box of clay and let the kids make something. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank, thank you so much. Um, so Jesse, is there anything else that you'd like to share with, um, our listeners? Um, I would just. I would just reiterate to, to be persistent that as teachers and parents, we have to say this, this would be really good for our kids. Let's, let's invest in more arts education um, because the, the kids need it. And uh, we need, um, we've got some big problems in our present day and our future, you know, that need creative brains all of the creativity that we can put towards, uh, you know, solving some of those things coming up. So any of it, any of it is good to open up. Um, thank you. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> the, the inspirational words look beyond the Stanford standard curriculum, explore ways of artistic expression. And thanks, as always, to our listeners for sticking with us as we explore all the different ways we can find connections to enrich our students' lives in all directions. Thank you for listening. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.